Well, today we're starting a brand new series entitled All In, because I believe that God is calling us and leading us into an all-in moment, a moment where we cross a threshold and step into what he has for us, where we're able to step from our past into God's preferred future. And I want to invite you as we step into this series to prepare your heart for what God wants to do. I believe he wants to lead us to places we've never been before. Places that you have dreamed about spiritually, maybe in your business, maybe in your family. I want to invite you to prepare for the pull of God because I believe he's about to pull us into his preferred future. And I want you to be ready for the pull of God. Say, I'm ready. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Turn to your second favorite neighbor and say, I'm ready. Let's be willing to step in and be all in with what God wants to do. But I want to remind us that an all-in moment requires an all-in commitment. We can't just step in halfway, be halfway in and halfway out. We have to be fully committed. I want to share with you a couple all-in moments that show up in our life. That moment when you leave home and go to college, you have to be all in. Once you leave home and you decide to be financially independent and rent your own apartment, you have to be all in. Once you step in and you decide to make the commitment to start your own business, you have to be all in. That moment, guys, when you finally ask your girlfriend that very important question where you say to her, will you finally choose where we're going to go eat? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I know that takes a lot of courage to ask that question, but it's, it's actually the other question. Will you marry me? You have to be all in. When you decide finally to follow through on the proposal, that proposal that was five years ago and you decide to finally get married, I'm here to tell some folks, it's time to get married, okay? You've been together for a long time. It's time to be all in and make the commitment. You, uh, 10 more years is not gonna show you. You gotta jump in. You gotta jump in full, full force and step into this relationship that God has brought to you. When you become a parent and you take that child home and you realize they're actually letting me take this little person home and you wanna take the nurses and the doctors with you, you have to be all in. All in moments require all in commitment. We must be willing to say, we're gonna step all in. We need to be all in in this moment. In fact, God gives us all in opportunities. Opportunities for us to say to him, we are all in. In fact, I believe Jesus is saying to us, will you trust me as Lord and Savior? Will you trust me as King? Will you trust me as Lord of your life? Will you trust me as the one who provides? Will you put in my hands your finances? Will you put, me, put in my hands your future? Will you put in my hands your marriage and your family? Are you willing to be all in? And I believe that when God invites us to be all in, that he's gonna show up. If we're willing to be all in, he's willing to be all in with us. So today I want to challenge you. Go all in with God. Go all in with God because he already went all in for you. Go all in with God because he, all, he already went all in with you. He loves you. He believes in you. He has a purpose for you. I want to remind us that Jesus, when he came to earth, he took off glory. He became a child 
He grew up, he suffered, and he died. He went all in. He modeled for us what all-in commitment looks like. And God's inviting us to do the same. He's inviting us to be all in with him. He's inviting us to say yes to what he has. You see, salvation costs us nothing because it costs Jesus everything. Salvation and freedom costs us nothing because it costs Jesus everything. That's why we can freely receive his forgiveness, his love. We can freely receive eternal life because he paid it all. Jesus already paid it all. But even though salvation and the gospel is free, it demands everything from us. In the Old Testament, the law was life for a life. But now in the New Testament, what Jesus says is, I laid my my life down so that you could live. Now I'm inviting you to lay down your life and your will so that I can come alive in you. Church, if only we could see what God has in store, we would choose it every time. Sometimes we we only see what we're laying down and what we're giving up, but we fail to realize what God has on the back end of our obedience. Sometimes we're only one step away from experiencing the promised land. We must be willing to step in full force and believe what God has for us. And today, I want to challenge us to be all in for Jesus. All in for Jesus. All in for Jesus. That's the title of my message today. All in for Jesus. Go all in with Jesus. Jesus didn't hold back anything. He gave everything. He put it all on the line for us. And in in the same way, we need to do the same for him. In fact, I believe that God is challenging us to live and give generously. To live and to give generously. That's what this all-in commitment requires. For us to live and give generously. Why? Because Jesus lived and gave generously to us. John 3.16 tells us that because God loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. It was love that compelled Jesus to give his life. And if he was willing to live and give generously, we must be also willing to model his character and his nature and to live and give generously. We must be willing to give of our time, our talent, and our treasure, our heart, our devotion, and our focus. We must be willing to say, God, I give you everything. I'm willing to go all in with you, God. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to give you everything that you demand. Because when you're willing to lose your life, you'll surely save it. But if you try to hold on to your life, you'll definitely lose it. That's what the word of God says. Let's be willing to go all in. Let's be willing to live and give generously. If you're all in, say, I'm all in. Say, I'm all in. God's inviting us to say that from our heart. So today, I want to invite you to join me in Joshua chapter 1. We're going to look at some people who are willing to go all in, to really believe God at his word. Joshua chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 2 and 3, and then we're going to jump down to verse 9. But while you're turning there, I want to tell you a little bit about what's happening here. At this point in the story... If you look back at some of the other books of the Bible before Joshua, what you'll discover is that the nation of Israel has been in the wilderness for 40 years. Why? Because they had an opportunity to step into the promised land of God, but instead of believing what God said, they chose to pull back. They had an all-in opportunity, and instead of having all-in commitment, they pulled back. And because of that, an entire generation lost out on the promised land. 
Moses and all of his generation died and then another generation rose up and God gave them the opportunity to step into the promised land. And I want you to overhear the conversation between Joshua, the new leader of Israel and God. I want you to hear what God says to Joshua. Joshua chapter one, verses two and three and then verse nine. Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. Say, get ready. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place, say every place, every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Now verse 9, and this is a great verse. Highlight it in your Bible, more importantly, highlight it in your heart. This is what it says. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I'm here to remind us that if God is for you, no one can be against you. No weapon can prosper against you. You can step into the promised land and the promised future that God has for you. But the only way we can step into the promised land is if we're willing to commit. We're willing to live all in. And I want to share with you two ways to live all in today. Number one, believe God's promises. Believe God's promises. I believe that some of us, we have a hard time believing promises, the promises of God, because we have a hard time believing the promises of people. Some of us, what's happened is we've actually taken our experience with people and we put it on God. And God's like, no, no, no. I'm not like man. I'm not like humanity. Because what I say, I actually do. We can believe God's promises because no word from him ever returns to him void. Whatever he speaks, he accomplishes. If he promises it, he will do it. He may not do it in our timetable. Man, that's a step of faith, right? Sometimes you're praying and you're believing God for a promise and he's promised something, but he's not on your timetable. That's hard. I think part of the reason why God makes us wait for the fulfillment of promises is because he wants to grow our faith in the, in the middle of that. And sometimes what God knows in his prevenient plan, he knows that there has to be a pause between the promise and the promised land. Why? Because he has to grow our faith sufficiently so that it's strong enough so that when we step into the promised land, we can face the challenges that come with it. I heard someone once say, new levels, new devils. New levels, new devils. And sometimes you have to learn how to fight the skirmish in the wilderness so you can fight the war in the promised land. Many of us, we want to jump over that and just step in. But God's saying, no, I want to prepare you for the promised land. That's why there's a pause. But I want you once again to look at the conversation between God and, Mo- and God and Joshua in verses two and three, it says this, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Verse three is incredible. He says, I'm gonna give you every place you put your foot. Here's my question. What w- where would you go if God promised you that he would give you every place you set your foot? I know where I would go. I would go to every bank, every diamond store, every gold shop. I'd go into every restaurant that I really like. I would even go into the parking lot at Chick-fil-A on Sundays and just circle around and do donuts till the cops show up. Why? Because 
If, I, if God said that to me, I would say, yes, I'm going to believe God at his word. This is what God has for us. He has a promise in store for you. He has a promised land in store for you. But we must believe God's promises in order for us to get the promised land. We must be willing to step in and say, God, I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to believe everything you say. I'm going to trust you, even though it requires faith, even though I haven't seen the fulfillment of the thing you promised me, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe you. I believe that if we do that, if we do that, I believe that if we do that, we're going to see God move powerfully. I want to share with you 10 promises that you can hold on to, 10 promises of God that you can hold on to in this season while you're waiting for the promised land. Number one, God promises to strengthen you in Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 16. Number two, God promises to give you rest in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Number three, God promises to take care of all of your needs, not just some of your needs, but all of your needs in Philippians 4, 19. Number four, God promises to answer your prayers if they're aligned with him in Matthew 7, 7. Number five, God promises to work everything out for your good in Romans 8, 28. Number six, God promises to never leave you or forsake you in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Number seven, God promises to protect you in Psalm 91, verse two. Number eight, God promises to free you from sin in 1 John 1, 9 and John 8, 36. Number nine, God promises that nothing can separate you from the love of God in Romans 8, 38 and 39. And number 10, God promises you everlasting life if you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior in John 3, 16. And these are the promises of God. And these are just a couple. They're not all of them. There are more promises in the word of God. And if you're willing to hold fast to his word, he will accomplish the promises he puts before you. But we have to believe. We have to believe that he speaks the truth. So here's my question. What has God promised to you? What has he spoken to you in the midnight moment of your grief and sorrow? If he's promised to heal you, he'll do it. If he's promised to restore a broken relationship, he'll do it. If he's promised to give you a promotion or a new job, he will do it. If he's promised you that your child will come back to God, he will do it. If he's promised that he will move you forward even when you can't seem to see the way forward, he'll do it. If he's promised to heal your marriage and restore your relationship, he will do it. Why? Because the one who promises, he always keeps his word. I'm trying to stir up our faith today. I'm trying to stir up our faith because faith is not hoping that God can. It's knowing that God will. Faith is not hoping that God can. It's knowing that God will. And that's what he wants us to stand on. We need to believe his promises today. We need to step courageously into what he has for us. Here's the second way to live all in. Number two, follow Jesus courageously. Follow Jesus courageously. Stepping into the promised land for the nation of Israel took a lot of faith and courage. Why? Because 40 years before, 12 spies went in and they came back saying there were giants in the land. There was opposition. I'm here to remind us that whenever you step into the promised land, you're going to face opportunity and opposition. Opportunity and opposition. And often what happens is at the first moment of opposition, we back away. Some of us, we get triggered and we pull back. In fact, what God is saying, step in, step forward, step boldly in what I have for you. 
Be willing to follow Jesus courageously. Be willing to say, God, I'm going to go wherever you go. And if you're there, I'm going to follow you. Some, some of us, what we need to do is we need to believe that God will protect us from the attack of the enemy, that he'll pro protect us and he'll provide for us, that he'll give us peace in the middle of the promised land. We need to take him at his word. God acknowledges in verse 9 that we're going to face hardship and difficulty. Look at what he says in verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is an ironclad guarantee. If you're willing to step into what God has promised for you, he will be with you. God acknowledges that we're going to be discouraged and that we're going to face fear. But God gives us a command. And wherever God commands, he commits. Wherever God commands, he commits. He always shows up. He always backs up his word. And what he tells them is he says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. That's the command. And the commitment is this. If you're willing to be strong and courageous, I will be with you. In fact, he says, you can be strong and courageous because I am with you. He's saying to us, don't rely on your own feelings, your own emotions, what you see right in front of you. Be willing to allow God to speak to you and to reveal to you in the supernatural what he is about to do. This is the reason. We often rely on our feelings and our emotions and not on God's truth. We rely on what we see and what we hear and what we experience instead of saying, God, Yes, I'm going to face difficulty, and yes, I'm going to be scared, but I know that you will be with me. And because of that, I can have spiritual strength and spiritual courage for the battle ahead. We need to be willing to follow Jesus courageously. I believe we'll win the victory if we're willing to follow him. Some of us, we're losing the battle. We're losing the war because we're not following Jesus. We're trying to follow our own path. If you're in lockstep with God, he'll win the war. He'll win the war. He'll win the battle that you can't seem to win. He will show up. I'm also here to challenge you. If he's called you into the promised land, be willing to step into it. But sometimes stepping into what God has for you means stepping out of what you're used to. I'm here to share with you, you can't fulfill God's calling in your comfort zone. You can't fulfill God's calling on your life in your comfort zone. Comfort breeds complacency. It'll keep you stuck. Yes, you'll be comfortable, but you won't do anything great in life. In fact, comfort guarantees a mediocre life. And God didn't create us to have a mediocre life. He created us to have an abundant life, a life full, full of blessing, full of encounters with him. We need to be willing to say, God, I'm willing to step in. You know, we can face our fears because God has already secured our future. And he's saying, I'm just wanting to invite you to follow me in to what I've already prepared for you. He's saying, just trust me. I know that crossing that threshold, I know that doing things a little bit differently, I know that stepping in is scary, but just do it scared because I'll show up. Just do it scared because I will show up. Be willing to push through the pain. Be willing to push through the struggle. Be willing to follow him. Be willing to trust him. Be willing to take him at his word. And I promise you, he's going to show up. And I believe Westover that God is pulling us into a future, a, a very strong future. We've seen so far this year, God move powerfully. There's been thousands of people who have made a decision to follow Jesus. We've seen, we've seen students by the hundreds 
just experience the power of God. We've seen people decide to follow Jesus through water baptism. We've seen him move and move and move, and he's not done. And he's saying, church, if you're willing to follow me, I'll lead you into your future. I want God to light a fire in our hearts. He's inviting us, though, to be all in, not to give him half measures. We can't build a full life out of half measures. We have to be willing to say, God, I'm willing to go all in. So today, go all in with Jesus because he went all out for you. Go all in with Jesus because he went all out for you. Today, as it close, I want to share with you that I believe that God's inviting us to make an all-in commitment. God has already made a commitment to us. He's already promised a promised land to us. But in order for us to inherit that, we have to believe him at his word and boldly step in. And here's my question. What does the all-in commitment look like for you? What is God demanding of you? Maybe for some, it's just to get closer to him. Maybe for some, it's to finally say yes to Jesus and make him Lord of your Savior. Maybe for some, it's to step in and serve. Maybe it's for some to show up and be present for your family and your marriage. Maybe for some, it is to show kindness to your coworkers instead of being frustrated and irritated with them. For some, it's to give grace to your extended family. Yes, I know they're outlaws, but give them grace. For some, it's to serve in student ministry. For some, it's to welcome guests. For some, it's to lead a life group and encourage people in their faith. For some, it's to disciple your children closer to Jesus. Whatever he asks, be willing to say yes. Be willing to give the all-in commitment. How are we going to respond when we stand before him? And he says, I gave you an opportunity for you to step into what I put before you. And you backed away. How are we going to answer that? I pray, Lord, that we can answer it and say, God, I stepped in all the way. I didn't hold anything back. I gave everything to you. And so right now, as I bring this moment to a close, I want to invite you to stand. I want to give you the opportunity to say yes, to make an all-in commitment to Jesus. Before we step into communion, before we step into worship, I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to make that all-in commitment. Here at Westover, we believe that saying yes to Jesus is as clear as ABC. A, admitting that we need Jesus because we definitely need him. B, believing in our heart that he died on the cross to forgive our sins and that he rose again to give us new life, give us hope, give us future. And see, confess from our heart with our mouth out loud that, what, that we want him to be the Lord and savior of our life. And I wanna give you that opportunity to say yes to Jesus right now. So I wanna invite everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. I sense in my heart there's some of you who are here maybe for the first time, maybe you've heard a message about Jesus but you've never said yes. This is your opportunity, this is your moment. Maybe for some of you, you were close to God at one point, but you've strayed away. This is your moment as well. Here's what I wanna invite you to do. At the count of three, I wanna invite you to raise your hand. You're not joining this church. You're just making a heart commitment to God. Here it is. One, two, three. Yes, hands going up. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Up in the balcony. Yes, God sees you. God knows you. Here's what I want to invite us to do. I want to invite all of us to say a prayer from our heart. Say it with full commitment. Make an all-in commitment right now. In fact, let's all say it together. Say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, 
I need you today. I can't do life alone. I need your grace and your forgiveness. Thank you for going to the cross to pay for my sin. And right now, I make you Lord of my life. I put you in charge. I make an all-in commitment. I put down everything that gets in the way of our relationship. Lead me today and forever. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. If you just said that prayer, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. We invite you to sign up for water baptism. We'd love to just celebrate what God is doing in your life. It's a public declaration of the change that God can do in our lives. And now I want to invite you to retrieve your communion elements. We're going to go before the Lord, have a moment where we remember what he did for us. This is a sacred moment, no one moving. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray that God would not only bless these elements, but that he would show up and administer these elements to us. Let's pray together. Jesus, we come to you in this moment. We realize that you are in this place, and so we welcome you in. In fact, God, we invite you to administer these elements to us. Remind us of your death and your sacrifice and how much you love us. I pray, Lord, that you'd bless your people. And Lord, as they take these elements, may they be reminded of your faithfulness and your goodness. We entrust this moment to you. We invite you in, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. The Bible tells us that on the night that he was betrayed, he gathered with his disciples and took one final meal. And he took bread. He said to his disciples, this bread, it represents my body, which is broken for you. As often as you gather, take in remembrance of me. I invite you to break the bread and let's take it together in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank him. Thank him with your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And after they had taken the bread, he took the cup and he said, this cup represents my blood, which is the new covenant. He says, this is a promise that if you believe in me as Lord and Savior, you will not only have eternal life, you'll have the forgiveness of sin, and you'll have also access to my presence, to my power, to my healing. He says, as often as you take it, do it in remembrance of me. I invite you. Let's take it in the name of Jesus. And now we're going to step into a moment of worship. And here's what I'm going to invite. If you know in your heart that you just want to make an all-in commitment, our altars are open. We're going to take a couple moments to worship. If you're willing to say, God, I'm all in. You want to put feet to your faith. This is a moment where stepping in can make a difference. It's not about the physical act. It's about the decision in the heart. And so right now, I just invite us to raise our hands. Let's invite him in. God, we invite you in. Right now as a church and as individuals, we say we're all in, God. We're not gonna hold anything back. We're gonna give you everything that you require. And we believe, Lord, that as we step in and as we give you everything that you require, that you're gonna fulfill the promises you've spoken to our hearts. I pray, Lord, that right now you would bring to people's remembrance the promises that you've made to them about their family, about their future, about their health, God. And Lord, may they be willing to say, God, I'm all in. Doesn't matter how long I, it takes to see the fulfillment of that promise. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take you at your word. And so right now, I just, invite, I, I just invite you, God, to speak to people's hearts. May they fully commit to you. May they trust you and believe you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.